Now, last week we looked at God was near and near in the midst of struggles and trials and hardship. And, and today I want to kind of follow up on that and talk about uh, a fearless faith. This, so I looked at these verses this week and one of the first sermons I ever preached uh, was on King David and Goliath. And I called it, at that point, knocking down the giants. And I thought the sermon was probably 35, 40 minutes long. And when I left the pulpit, my pastor said that was one of the best eight-minute sermons I've ever heard. <laughs> it ran out of stuff. But David exhibits this fearless type of faith. And that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning, a fearless faith. David, or not David, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth had many, many, many problems. Uh, and Paul was writing to encourage them and strengthen them, but also to challenge them and change some things uh, in their lives that were not right. There were divisions, there was immorality in the church. But in the midst of all of this stuff, Paul now talks about suffering and persecution and no scripture lives in isolation it's always surrounded by others and and just before the verses that we're in Paul writes this we are afflicted in every way but not crushed perplexed but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed and then he adds always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our bodies. So it's clear that the Apostle Paul here is talking about our faith in the midst of trials and tribulation, suffering and heartache. And one thing that Paul tells us right up front is that our faith will be victorious. Our faith will be victorious. Paul writes in verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed, and so I speak. The Apostle Paul is really quoting here Psalm 116, verse 10, when David said, I believe even when I speak, I am greatly afflicted. So Paul is drawing from the life of David at a time when David was going through difficulties and hardship, and Paul is somehow making a connection with King David. Since we have this same spirit, according to what has been written, I believed, and so I speak. And then he adds, we also believe, and so we also speak. David Garland, in his commentary, writes this, for Paul, the gospel is not some abstract theory that can be accepted and hidden away in the heart. It requires proclamation and proclamation into a hostile world in which we can ex expect suffering. Listen, sometimes the best solution when suffering and hardship comes to your life and mine one of the best things that we can do is to share the gospel. 
the simple message that Jesus Christ can come into a person's heart, radically change that heart, and then set them on a new course. The Apostle Paul says, look, I've suffered for the sake of the gospel, but I'm going to speak it no matter what's happening in my life, no matter what's going on in my life, because he knew, and I know, and you know as well, that our faith will be victorious. Nothing will defeat Jesus Christ. And so as believers, he'll, get on, he'll go on to say, we do not lose heart. But the Apostle Paul here says, we have the same spirit. That is, Paul's connecting with the church at Corinth. He's saying we have the same spirit, and we're going to continue to speak the name of Jesus no matter what comes against us, no matter what trials come our way, we will remain steadfast in sharing the gospel. Now, <laughs> the gospel really comes at various times and various opportunities. We have to share it. Maybe on these, the guy in the blue shirt sharing the gospel with the guy with the backpack on, it may be at, at odd times, but then God gives you opportunities to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And we take those opportunities, we take those moments to simply take a moment, set aside and say, look, let me, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. He can change your life. And you know when most gospel opportunities happen, it's not when people are happy, it's when people are hurting. And we have the answer. We have the solution to the ills of life for the lost person. And so it's, it's incumbent upon us, no matter what is going on in our lives, it is incumbent upon us to say, wait a minute, I'm going to set this aside so that I can share the gospel with people that desperately need to know it. Way back in my first church, I was visiting a woman. I won't mention her name. Uh, I was over talking with her and her husband. And of course, the husband at that time decided that would be a good time for him to exit the room. But um, I was talking with her, and she told me that she was a believer, and totally agree with that. She showed no evidence that she wasn't a believer. Uh, but then in our conversation got around to evangelism. And she said, well, I don't tell others about my faith. She said, that's a private thing with me. And I was like, you're right. It is private in the sense that you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It certainly is private. Nobody else can do that for you. But we know from the gospel that we're to be about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. That's See, it doesn't mostly happen here in the pulpit, brothers and sisters. It happens when you guys and gals get up and leave and go out these doors and go into the highways and byways of life and tell others about Christ. That's when it happens. It's you guys and gals that are out there sharing the good news of Jesus Christ that can radically transform a person's life. I think uh, David Garland's right. There, there is no isolated gospel. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. So he says here, 
the belief is so important and it's shared think of it this way it's shared by thousands and thousands of past and present believers all over the world it's shared we have the same faith in jesus christ this led to paul talking about a confidence a, a confidence he says our faith will be victorious the belief is something that is shared it is something that is shared with others and that they live out in this world knowing and this is very important knowing that he who raised jesus from the dead will raise also with us with jesus and bring us into his presence paristomi is the greek word there for presence and it means to be in front of someone let me say this, that when a believer passes from this life and into the next life, they go directly into the presence of God. There is no chasm, there is no bridge that needs to be moved. Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So in that moment, he says, knowing that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, we too will rise from the dead. We will be victorious over death, not because of what you did or what I did, but because of what Jesus did. And that is key. This is, this is the moment. That day when they went and they saw the tomb empty. That If that did not happen, your faith, my faith, is in vain. It, it's null and void. And so the best that we can hope for in this life is to live a good life, be kind, love others, and when we die, it's all over and gone. But with over 520 witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he was not in the grave, he rose from the dead, and he reigns at the right hand of the Father, and he gives you the same power, the resurrection power, that lives in you, also in Christ, given to you, through his miraculous Holy Spirit, and therefore we can be victorious. Listen, listen, listen. You will never be defeated because of Jesus Christ and his power. 1 Corinthians 6.14, Paul says this way, And God raised the Lord, and he will also raise us up by his power. Listen, the grave has no power over you. The grave has no power over me. It will not defeat us. So in that moment, in that moment, when we pass from this life to the next, there will be victory. There will be victory. Uh, it's kind of hard to imagine, you know, uh, what that will be like. But it'll be victorious, it'll be glorious, it'll be wonderful. Uh, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to think about. It's a tough thing to think about. Uh, many of you know that uh, my mother-in-law died the other day. But she lives. She lives. Not only will our faith be victorious, but Paul says it will bring glory to God. And we'll talk about his grace 
salvation salvation can never be separated from God's grace his wonderful match unmatchable grace he says for it is for all of you for all of your sake what sake that Paul suffered hardships trials tribulations beatings all kinds of physical issues he said it was for your sake the Corinthians sake so that as grace extends to more and more people listen to me sometimes suffering comes our way so that the gospel may advance you ever think about that when you go back and you read the New Testament church do you know how the New Testament church grew it didn't grow by everybody living on a mountaintop in fact when you go back and you look at the New Testament it grew because of persecution and pain and hardship I, I thought about that Th this word uh, uh, charis grace means God's unmerited undeserved favor that's what you stand in that's what I stand in it's the grace that God has given us I uh, this week as we were looking as I was looking at persecution um, I, I started thinking about you know Worldwide, what does that look like? What does persecution look like? Because oftentimes we forget we live isolated here, inoculated sometimes from real suffering, real persecution, real hardship. And uh, so I did some research on the website's called Open Doors. It's a it's a good Christian website, and these are some of the hot spots in which. Christians are being persecuted and it's outside the United States. I've got a I hope the video plays correctly, but I'm going to show you a quick video here What would you dare to do for Jesus? Would you defy it, Jesus? Worship in secret Sacrifice your safety Over 360 million Christians around the world face persecution and discrimination every day
and risk arrest. But over a thousand believers are in jail without charge. Yemen is number three on the list. The humanitarian crisis continues. Anyone suspected of being a Christian will be deliberately overlooked for aid and might be expelled or killed by their own tribe. Number two is Somalia. Islamic militants are intensifying their hunt for Christians and violent attacks are increasing. And at number one, North Korea, the most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian. Spies are everywhere. Discovery means death, either by execution or by being worked to death in a labor camp. Churches in America have become, and I'm saying this for me, soft. And I think there's coming a day when the church is going to have a rude awakening. And Paul says, look, Paul went through a lot of this stuff. Beaten, flogged, imprisoned. We have great opportunities right here in America to share the good news. And we could do it every day. Bring, and this will bring ultimately bring glory to God. The gospel thrives in persecution. And the New Testament church and what's happening around the world this morning to believers who uh, may be meeting secretly. Uh, there's a documentary out about the North Korean church. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, but it, it's the church is underground and hidden. But every day is making moves. And China, by the way, China. Uh, a lot of believers are sharing the gospel in China right now. You notice China didn't even make the list. But it's our job right here in Tolono and wherever else we go to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It's so easy. Love people. Tell people about Christ. 
John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And all we have to do is just say that. Share the good news of Jesus Christ. Now the purpose, the purpose of what Paul's talking about, our faith being victorious, the purpose is that it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Eurystia which is really expressing gratitude to God, uh, thanking him for all the things he's done for us. But not only that, that these people would come to saving faith in Christ. Actually, let me, let me say this, to take the pressure off of you, actually you don't lead anybody to Christ. All you do is share the good news. Jesus is the one that leads them to saving faith. That really takes all the pressure off you and off me that when we share the gospel, this is God's doing. Listen, there's nobody too far gone that God cannot reach. The crack addict, the drunk, these people, God can reach them and save them. And, it's, and when that happens, it wasn't you and it wasn't me. It was the power of the gospel that did it. And God will get the glory for it. And so part of this, part of this whole sharing thing, which scares people, I, 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 what do I say? Well, just say, Jesus Christ changed my life. And let me give you Romans 3.23, 6.23, Romans 10.9 and 10. That's it. For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23, 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of eternal life is in Jesus Christ, and it is by faith in the finished work of Christ, Romans 10.9, paraphrased. That's pretty much it. Then the burden's off you, but the power of the gospel and the Holy Spirit's influence in the life of the believer, or the life of the unsaved, will draw them to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. All we have to do is be willing. I think what we need to do, when Paul says it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God, I think we need to get back to praising Him. Do you all realize, do you realize how good God has been to you and me? Do you realize that? Think about everything that you have in your life right now. It was given to you by God. And so we would stand ready to praise him and glorify him and say, Lord, everything that I have is you've given me and everything that I hope to be, I am tied in you. And so I'm going to praise you. Kind of difficult. I get it. I know it, it's difficult when life throws stuff at you. And, uh, but let me ask you a question. Kind of glad nobody came up in the upstairs the other day when I was singing because that would have surely drawn them, drove them out. Uh, when was the last time you sang to God? Or praised Him? Or spent time saying, God, I give you the glory for everything that's going on in my life. It may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Maybe take some time during the week. Uh, whether you, it doesn't matter what kind of Christian music you like to listen to, 
bluegrass, that's fine if you like bluegrass. Uh, country Christian, that's that's fine. It's how you praise him. I would, you know, maybe do stuff like striper or some of the harder stuff. But I do like hymns. Take some time this week and just praise him. It gets so easy for us to get bogged down in our own little persecuted trial ridden world and get so bogged down with that take it take 10 listen to a praise song and let God fill you with his presence again and Paul says look I, I'm going through all this but you know what's happening this is the bottom line here I'm going through all this suffering but you know what people are being saved and we need to give glory to God by the way, pray for the persecuted church around the world. I think that's uh, something that we should be doing in our daily lives. Um, anyway, our faith will be victorious. It will bring glory to God. So live by faith. Paul says here in verse 16, so we do not lose heart. And this word combination lose heart technically is one word in, in Greek and it this is what it means just reading directly from it so we do not lose heart to lose one's motivation to accomplish the goal you know what Satan would love to keep us in one spot never to move forward he wants believers to believe that they are defeated when in actuality we are victorious and so let's get that mindset I don't know if any of you maybe not even alive some of us were I guess I'm dating myself now so uh, this was Super Bowl one I was pulling for the Kansas City Chiefs because back then it was the it was the National Football Conference and the American Football Conference and they'd really never played and so this was like the first Super Bowl the Green Bay Packers blew them out it, it was it was a blowout Vince Lombardi was the Packers head coach Vince Lombardi had some of the best quotes I've ever heard one of the quotes that he said after winning the Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl, I think, didn't Green Bay win the second Super Bowl too? Yeah, they, they, they won the first, uh, first two. Vince Lombardi had a lot of sayings, like winning's not the only thing, it's everything. That's what Vince Lombardi once said. But this is what he said this, this is awesome, and it fits right in. The man on the top of the mountain didn't fall there. Do you know how the man got to the top of the mountain? He worked. He stayed the course. He, tough, he toughened up. He went forward. He didn't let things slow him down. You do not win a Super Bowl with one person. You do not, you're not going to live this Christian life in isolation. We need each other. We need to pray for one another. But what I want to tell you this morning is you keep on keeping on. 
Don't let Satan get you down to where you're at a point where I can do nothing. But let me remind you this morning that you have victory in Christ. You are victorious. Never give up. I One time visiting my grandmother's church, Reverend Correll, we visited, he came over to my grandmother's house one time, and at that time I was preaching from the NIV. He said, which version of the Bible do you preach from? And I said, the NIV. And he goes, well, there's some gospel in there too. So <laughs> he, he was KJV only. And, uh, but Reverend Correll, I heard him preach. It was a big church. And I, I wrote this down. It became part of... He said it over and over and over again. My wife says, why do you repeat yourself? And I said, well, so people will get it. You know, you have to say it something two or three times. Reverend Carell said this over and over and over in his sermon. He said this, never give up, never give up on Jesus. And he kept repeating that at certain points in the sermon. And uh, never give up. We do not quit until, until we see Jesus face to face. We do not quit. Keep striving. Keep moving forward. Do not lose heart. Let me, let me say this. Satan wants you to lose heart. He wants me to lose heart. He wants us to get to a place where I don't want to go anymore. I'm done. I quit. I give up. Brothers and sisters, that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. So you know what happens when stuff happens to you? Get up the next morning and you keep pressing forward knowing that the one who raised from the dead has that power living in you in the presence of the Holy Spirit and we continue to press forward. He also says this, and I, this is true. <laughs> Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. I've always liked this. I've always liked this picture. Some mornings I look in the mirror when I wake up and I go, whoa. What's that about? Inwardly, I still feel like I'm in my 20s. Sometimes I try to act like I'm in my 20s. But, uh, outwardly, we may be wasting away, but inwardly, we are being renewed day by day by day. Think about people in your life that they've had all kinds of adversities, hardships, trials, pain, suffering, and yet they still get up and they share the gospel and they tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. And you always see them concerned about others' welfare. Yeah, Paul says, though our outer self is wasting away, and it's true. Yesterday, or two weeks ago, I was in my mid-30s. It goes fast. It seems like it's getting faster every day. In November, I apply for Medicare. Well, I'm starting to become a senior statesman. <laughs> That's the way I like to put it, senior statesman. Yeah. We can't get defeated. 
And that's what Satan wants. He wants you to be defeated. Just say to him, no. Because I have believed in Christ and he gives me the power to overcome anything that you throw in my, ops, in, in my way. To block. Keep fighting. Keep moving forward. 2 Corinthians 3.18 For we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Grow in Christ. Don't let Satan put you down and keep you down. Actually, he can't do that. You allow him to do that. I allow him to do that. We can just say, we're not going to tolerate this. And the one who lives in me is victorious over the grave. And therefore, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to move forward no matter what's happening in my life. And I'm going to praise you. I'm going to let my life glorify you and show the world how bad things have been in my life, but yet I continue to move forward. And that's exactly what Paul's driving at. He's saying it in many different ways here. I've been knocked down. We've been perplexed. We've been beaten. But you know what? Not quitting. Not today, Satan. I am not going to let you win. You've been put on notice, and I'm going to keep moving forward. Though we're wasting away... God's in control, and I will move forward. Lastly, because I know fried chicken is awaiting. Now I heard somebody say, mm-hmm, fried chicken. That's the renewal. The renewal. And the reward is, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond comprehension I've witnessed many people that left this life to go into glory we have no idea what they're seeing but it's going to be amazing folks it's going to be amazing Joyce we know what we saw that day I just wish now I would have gone and looked under what see what he was seeing it's amazing for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond comprehension. We have no idea what it's like when we, when we leave this life to be ushered into the presence of God. But I can tell you this. The world is on a timetable. And we have a tendency to look at that timetable and focus on the timetable. Because this is what we can see. It's also a reminder that these light and momentary afflictions also give us the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Sometimes the best time to share the gospel is when you're in a place of hurt. And you know what? Those may be the most powerful chances you have to share the gospel when you're hurting. People go, how do, you, how do you do that with all this going on? There's, there's been Christians all throughout my 34 years that have baffled me. Particularly as a younger pastor. How are you able to be so happy in the midst of all of this? I have Jesus. These, these people have helped me more than any seminary class. 
when it comes to this. To see people victorious and realizing that we're on a time clock. And I'll say this, when our time is up, God will take us home and there's nothing that will delay that. And Paul says these momentary afflictions, and he uses the word basically time there, for the light momentary affliction, time afflictions, are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory when we will see Christ. As we look, notice what Paul writes, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. You catching this? For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We are working for eternity. We're not working just for here. Everything that we do in this life is for the next life. And that includes sharing the good news, loving people, caring for them. Warren Wiersbe, uh, in his commentary, wrote this. The things of this world seem so real because we can see them and feel them. But they are temporal and destined to pass away. Only the eternal things of this of the spiritual life will last. John Osteen, father of Joel Osteen, who is nothing like Joel Osteen, said this, Tis one life that goes so fast, only that which is done for Christ will last. And in this, in this, our faith will be victorious, bringing glory to God, and so live by faith, we would join David in being strong in our faith, even in the midst of an overwhelming obstacle standing between us and the finish line. David said, I take nothing except God. I don't need your shield. I don't need any of that. And that is fearless faith. Let me say this in closing. First of all, no matter what happens, your faith will be victorious. Secondly, people get saved by Christ as we share the gospel. And that brings glory to him. Stop living by the circumstances of your life. And start living by faith. So no matter what comes against you, keep on 